Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. takes are just flying all across the board i wish people could be in here we had a we just had one five minute show go on behind the scenes where we discussed north carolina and the tournament chances we talked about justin herbert and Derek carr again and then floundered called fitty a name because he wouldn't tell him what kind of uh, food that he wanted were you guys going today uh we're going to your favorite spot bossy's Yes, I do um, like bossies. Do you hear the way he talks to me, by the way? Like, I, I think at this point. No, I, I'm I th- I'm sure it's warranted, Fiddy. I'm going to stop. Seriously. I'm uh, sure it's warranted. No, I, I think I need to start putting out new best friend applications because the verbal abuse I take from Flounder, it is, it is starting to cross the line. How bad is it the other way around behind closed doors? I mean, I've seen it. I've seen you talk to Flounder different ways. Goodness, you you ain't hiding nothing from anybody. <laughs> Weston Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I'm going to bring it to the people because I often forget. We have tickets to the Hercules Tire Big South Tournament on Sunday. I'm going to give them out at the end of the segment. And we're going to do the whole third caller thing. But that will be at the end. Don't call in now. We're going to do it at the end of the segment. We will be giving out the Big South Tournament. So remind us via the Garage Door Guru text line, 704 704- 570-9610. If you're interested, the Big South Tournament, it's here in Charlotte. And if you want to go on Sunday, we'll be handing out tickets there as well. Let's talk about the Carolina Panthers and their wide receiver position as we continue the position breakdown series. Wes, I'll lead it off with just a very simple question to you. How strong is the wide receiver unit overall? Uh, I don't think it's very strong. I think when you look at it, and we tease going out of the break saying it's going to be a make-or-break year in training camp for this guy. And I'm talking about Terrace Marshall. Uh, this is a guy that I think there's split opinions on. Uh, you have some people like yourself who think that, you know, he deserves – I mean, obviously he deserves a chance to win a job, but you see his potential think that he could be the number two guy, where a guy like me, I do not think that. I think we would have seen it by now if that were the case. I felt he had ample opportunity last season in which – he did make some plays, but I just didn't see bona fide number two wide receiver potential out of him. 28 catches, 490 yards, and a touchdown last season. He had a 66.7 uh, PFF grade. But as far as just that wide receiver room in general, I do think they have a guy, a number one in DJ Moore. I don't know if I would put him in the top tier of number one receivers in the NFL, but he's a good number one that, that that's proven himself to be a playmaker when called upon. I mean, he had 63 for 888 and seven tuds last year. So to answer your question, if I were to put a grade on the Panthers' receiving room, I would give them a C. It's average at best. Yeah, let's go to DJ Moore, the best wide receiver on this team. You say, is he a star and not a superstar? Is that what DJ Moore is? That is going to be the theme of the show today. 
Yes. Okay, he's a star, but he's not a superstar. Yeah, I think he is a very good wide receiver as well. He only caught 888 yards this past season, and that ended the streak of him reaching at least 1,100 yards in three straight years. And I don't think it's crazy to say, despite the last few games that Sam Darnold played, this, the last six games where you saw some pretty decent quarterback play, mm-hmm. given Panther standards, before that, with Baker Mayfield at the start, it was as bad a QB that we've had here in Carolina since Cam Newton. That's how bad Baker Mayfield was, ranking at the very bottom of a lot of different categories. And I think that significant portion of QB play from Baker Mayfield to start the season really hurt DJ Moore's ability to reach 1,000 yards. Sam Donald and DJ Moore, they've actually hooked up quite nicely on the football field. Like, we've seen DJ be able to eat out there while Sam Donald is throwing the football. P.J. Walker actually allowed DJ to eat quite a bit, too, when he was throwing the football. I, I can't wait to see DJ with a competent quarterback. Quarterback. I'll tell you this: If you got Derek Carr and we had that act, we had that scenario play out, I do think that he would allow uh, DJ Moore to reach 1,100, maybe 12, 13. I think it could go that high for the number one wide receiver in Carolina. Don't worry about him. Plus, the contract is very nice. I think Carolina did an excellent job by getting out in front of all of the huge paydays that were given to the other star receivers in the NFL. He was not even the highest paid wide receiver on the market, and then it quickly became maybe fifth highest paid, sixth, seventh, whatever he is now. Mm -hmm. So excellent contract, DJ Moore, number one. I'm cool with it. Terrace Marshall, I don't know if I'm real passionate about him being number two. I'm just, I would like to invest in the wide receiver position, but I like like Terrace Marshall's skill set. We've seen a lot of injuries from him. I don't think it's a problem saying that he's injury prone, but it doesn't mean I'm going to write him off as a potential number two wide receiver. I still think there is that shot that he could develop into one, and I trust him more as another outside guy than I do Shai Smith, who I always think if he makes it in this league is going to be in the slot. It also, again, does not prohibit me from investing in another really talented wide receiver. I'm good in getting Josh Downs. I'm good in getting Zay Flowers, second round, whatever, right? It's not going to prohibit me from going after more talent. But it also doesn't mean I'm ready to write Terrace Marshall off yet as a ceiling number two guy in the NFL. Yeah, but let's also talk about, too, I mean, what do we make of LaVisca Chenault? This was a guy who it seemed like every time he got the ball, even though it was seemed like it was the same type of play design every single time but um you know he has the highest receiving grade according to pff of all these guys 86.5 he's 10 points better 10 points and a third of a point better than dj moore how much more do you think his role should be expanded this year because he did kind of come in during the season may not have caught up to the offense the way that he could have had he had a little bit more time. I mean, what do you think about a guy like this and what he could bring to the offense next season with an expanded role? I think he's a fun gadget guy. I'd like to see him involved in other gadgets outside of just having him go in motion and throwing it to him behind the line of scrimmage. I would like to see him involved a little bit more, even with him not being a good route runner, but just being a truck at the wide receiver position. That's fun to have on your roster. Is there any other way to get him more involved? is I'm not I'm not trying to have him you know have this sophisticated route tree a part of his repertoire right 
Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say I could see him kind of having a role, even though it might not necessarily be the Panthers' offense, but the way that he did make plays with the ball in his hand, I could see you maybe giving him a Debo Samuels type of role where sometimes he motions into the backfield. You give him a play, you give him a reverse here and there, which I, if I'm not mistaken, they did do um, a couple of times giving him some reverses and things of that nature. So he had nine rushes yeah. for 65 yards and a touchdown. He had 27 receptions and one receiving touchdown when he took it to the house it was like an 80 yard reception that he had for a score so i know and, and i'm with you though like i i think there is a nice role for lavisca and maybe you involve him in different ways i think that's where frank reich can be involved i think that's where you talk about thomas brown being the oc i would I mean, he, he wants people to be physical at every position lavisca is going to be at the bottom of his worries as far as any particular player not being physical that guy will run you over right here right now and so i'm kind of excited to see what he could do and maybe you just Give him, give him twenty percent more. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't need you to have this sophisticated route tree. I'm not trying to have him be the number two wide receiver. That's not him. But give him like twenty percent more and see what he can do with that. Yeah, and so when you look at this free agent class that you have, and you talk about the top guy according to PFF is Jacoby Meyer, 67 catches, 804 yards. Six touchdowns. I mean, is there anybody you see when I give you these names? Is there anybody that you hear that you feel like the Panthers could go out and sign and it can make a difference for them at the number two position? We'll start with Jacoby Meyer. There's Juju Smith-Schuster. There's Odell Beckham Jr., Michael Thomas, DJ Chark, Alan Lazard, Paris Campbell. Is there anybody out of this group that you like that you feel like the Panthers could go out and sign? Because this is not a... This is not an overly impressive yeah. group of guys that you feel like, okay, if we, if the Panthers insert this guy as the number two, watch out. I, I like Juju. I, I don't, I mean, it all is under the caveat of Juju's how much. too foofy, foofy. <laughs> what did, I'm sorry, what was that analysis? Juju's too foofy, foofy. Is, all the dancing on Instagram and all the little soft so stuff. So you're doing does, the get off my lawn thing? Yeah, I don't, I don't like all that. So like pregame, no, that's goofy. Especially when you're not putting up the numbers you need to put up. I mean, A.B. called him out when he said, you're not going to be the same without me. And he never reached that status that he was ascending to after A.B. left the building. Yeah, and I, I think because the guy didn't read or reach the hype from his first or second year in the league. Right, when he had A.B. Well, I mean, yeah, A.B. is amazing, no doubt. Um, it was amazing. Yes. Man, I, just I'm real just quick, sidebar. I was, somebody put up something about him and his Hall of Fame candidacy the other day. If he did not mess up, the numbers, when you look at all the stuff he did, was staggering. But let's keep going. N yes. <laughs> I mean, it was staggering. N yeah, he's he's probably the most productive receiver of the Woo! 2010s. The, the numbers are absolutely amazing. But yeah, but he wasn't the same at the ABI. I just don't Fair. like Juju. Fair. I'm not trying to have Juju come in and be the number one guy. What I, about it, Odell? I... I think with Odell, I'd be interested. I don't know if Odell wants to come to Carolina if he's looking to win right now. <laughs> you know, like I, Odell seems to have very strict. I mean, this is a team you could come here and possibly get in a show with the division. If they, if a not a lot happens, this is the team he could come to and get in a dance. Well, it's hard to go down each list and then give you an evaluation of each guy, right? But like of the names that were there, I like Juju because as much as you might call him Foofy Foofy, he's a physical receiver. He plays tough. I mean, that's, that's his game. He gets to the first down line. He kind of boxes you out. He slants, and then he's able to get his hands on the football and make tough catches. That's what Juju does, but he's not explosive. 
And also DJ Chark, if you want a deep threat and you want to develop Terrace Marshall into more of that number two guy, I think DJ Chark would be mad interesting. Battled some injuries, but when he came on with the Detroit Lions after said injury, I thought that he was a pretty impressive player, so that'd be somebody I'd look into. Would you take a chance on Michael Thomas? No, Mm. I wouldn't. On a light one-year contract, heavy incentive lays, would you? Sounds like you would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I. I mean, they said so even this prone. year in the 2022 campaign, he still had a 77.4 receiving grade that put him 12th among how many games wide receivers in the league. Uh, I mean, he played 136 snaps, which is not much at all. It's not much, but they said he still was showing like the ability to be a dog. Because you got to think at some point, the injury history should lend himself to him playing a little bit more. But, yeah, I just wonder what you thought about that. In a division rival, Panther fans knowing very well just what that might look like. Yeah, I don't. I'm good. Like, I'm good on Michael Thomas. I mean, I and, and the guy's amazing when 100% healthy. But, man, in, in 2020, he had 40 receptions because of injury. Sat out all of 2021. This year, he had 16 receptions for mm-hmm. 170 yards. Like, I just, yeah, I, Michael Thomas is awesome when fully healthy. How in the world can I trust him being fully healthy when he's had 56 catches over the last three years combined? Yeah. I'm good. On all of that, 704-570-9610. Feel free to text in and give some of your thoughts on the wide receiver position and just some of the other breakdown stuff. You mentioned LaVisca Chenault. Any hope Shai Smith can be a long-term contributor here for the Carolina Panthers? Um, I mean, you hate to say I, I think he's just a guy. I mean, I don't know that, you know, especially in offense, if they do end up, you know, going to that Rams S11 personnel, three wides, I don't know in a slot if he's going to be – scaring anybody, especially if you have a chance in the draft to get a guy like a Josh Downs or somebody like that. Yeah, I think so people are writing in. TFB said, how about DeAndre Hopkins? You know, you mentioned. Yeah, I was a guy about a, a couple of months ago about that. Yeah. Yeah. Just trading for him. You know, how much sense would that make? I, I think this all kind of goes to how much are you willing to invest in the wide receiver position? Mm-hmm. Are you willing to spend big money to put somebody really opposite of DJ Moore? And I just don't know if Carolina is going to take that route. I think they'll probably go the NFL draft and try to allocate money elsewhere um, and, and not go towards a name that big I, I'm interested in what Juju would bring in like that that one is somebody's texting in on the text line about um, Juju being out there and, and some of these other names right but you're right the fact is that it is not a big time free agent class at the wide receiver spot right now you just don't have a whole lot of guys out there that you know raise your eyebrow and think okay yeah this is somebody that could be all pro next season so I do wonder if Carolina starts to focus on the draft a little bit more and just internal development right you're discussing with even DJ Moore a pretty relatively young position group there at wide receiver with Shy, with Terrace Marshall even with LaVisca who was a second round pick a couple of years ago for mm-hmm. Jacksonville so still a pretty young group how much are you kind of just putting into a lot of stock that those guys will improve so gonna be interesting to see with scott fitterer and uh new head coach frank reich um what they feel about this wide receiver position the defensive tackle position used to be awesome for carolina and it got a lot better with Derek brown's breakout season but k1 short he's going to be joining us on the other side of the break we will give out tickets to the hercules tire big south tournament and you will be attending this on sunday if you are the third caller dial 704 570 9610 
If you're the third caller, we'll give you tickets to the Hercules Tire Big South Tournament, and you can attend on Sunday. It will be a great time. We'll be out there on Friday. Be the third caller. Wesson Walker, bring it on K1 Short. Coming up next, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Broadcasting live from the Planet Kia Studios, the best place on the planet to buy a car. We're back. You're back on the Wes and Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Congrats to Lee for winning the tickets to the Hercules Tire Big South Basketball Championship Tournament. I'm sure that he will enjoy all the fantastic action out there. Hit us up, Garage Door Guru, text line 704-570-9610. Hit those social media pages, Wesson Walker on Twitter, WFNZ on Twitter, and WFNZ on Instagram. Hit that follow button. But now, we've got one of the real big dogs in the trenches from Panthers lore. I'm talking about pro bowler, big man in the middle of that defensive line for the Panthers for many, many years, K1 Short, Purdue's finest, <laughs> on the line with the Weston Walker Show. What's going on, KK? Not much, not much, man. That introduction was, was all right with me, man. All right, man. Hey, listen, let's get it going. So the Panthers have made a lot of coaching additions this year. Ezra Evero was brought in, one of the highly touted defensive coordinators in the league. D'Angelo Hall was brought in, Deuce Staley, Frank Reich. I mean, you name it, the Panthers have put together an all-star coaching staff. From your vantage point, what has that meant to you as an ex-player? And then talk about what that could do potentially for this locker room to have such an experience and uh, kind of, for lack of a better term, all-star type of coaching staff. Man, I think that stuff that they're putting together is awesome. Um, you, you would want to play for those type of guys that, you know, the resume is big, but also who played the game. Um, and it's just going to bring more excitement to, to the city of Charlotte. And I'm just excited to see, you know, what happens going on here on out. Now, KK, first order of business for this team would be to go out and find a quarterback. We know there are so many quarterback-hungry teams out there. Now, you, let's put you in the locker room right now. As a veteran player, <laughs> would you want them to go out and get a guy like a Derek Carr? Or if Lamar Jackson becomes available, would you want something like that? Or would you be cool with them going out into the draft, getting an Anthony Richardson or a C.J. Stroud or one of those guys? Uh, that's tough. I mean, I'm I'm no – you know, offensive guru, but you know, if it if it makes sense, it makes sense. And just to see where you know where these guys is at and what the cap space is, what it is to go get either Carr or Lamar, 
or to bump up and go get, you know, one of those guys in the draft. Um, it just all depends on what type of offense you're running and what, what type of guys you have. I mean, you can have the best receivers, but it won't mess with, you know, any quarterback. So I just think you, they got to evaluate, and I'm pretty sure they are, to take their time and realize um, who they have and who they're trying to get as far as the offensive weapons to, you know, coexist with uh, one of the quarterbacks that's out there that, you know, that we need. And it, it's got to be right now. Um, it was just, you know, as a new head coach trying to get, you know, just not even win the fans, but just, just win in general. So whoever you got to go get, I mean, the time to win is now. So, you know, I'm excited to see, you know, what happens. Okay, right, KK, we can't let you off the, the fence that easy because you definitely rode the fence. We want to know, KK the veteran, 99 in that locker room, do you want a vet or would you be okay with a rookie? Which one do you want? You got to pick one. I mean, I would go with Lamar. He's young still. I mean, he's agile. He can throw. He can run it. He can, he can create, you know, opportunities. So, you know, that was one of the guys that, you know, I still watch to this day and, you know, I mind his game. So, I think Lamar would be, you know, a great fit, but, you know, that's that's not my decision to make. <laughs> I'm a little bit nicer than Wes. I'll let you off the hook. I won't hold you into uh, going one direction or another. It's KK Short, Kwan Short, joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, Wes and Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. I wanted to get to the coaching decision once again, KK, because I know you publicly went out for Steve Wilkes and acknowledged that you would like him to get that job with the Carolina Panthers. And I know a lot of people, especially in that Super Bowl run, a lot of the players really advocated for Steve Wilkes to get the head coaching job. And so while you praise the coaching staff, it looks like an all-star staff that they have over there. How disappointed were you at least at first that Steve Wilkes would not be the HC here? I wouldn't say disappointed. I was just, I don't know. I think I would probably say more of a disbelief. Cause I mean, I don't, I don't understand. You know, I said, it's not my job, not my team to, to figure out the criteria of what they're looking for. But I mean, if it came down to anything, only thing, I would say that, you know, gave the new guy um, the advantage was just being offensive-minded. I mean, Steve Wilkes is just an awesome guy, playing for him for six years and going from DB coach to, to um, D.C. Uh, I just knew what, what he would bring and how excited he would, you know, be to have that job. And uh, from the looks of it, I mean, just all the guys who played for him as well, you know, he had the same – agreement with me so i'm not saying that i disagree with what they got going on but i just know the guy that i played for and what he would bring to the table k1 short joining us on the body works plus guest hotline kk i kind of wanted to talk to you about the end of your career you know you suffered two injuries at the end you played in 2019 and 2020 your last game was against atl in 2020 and it was kind of an abrupt end at least for Panthers fans accounts right because you were such a dominant player for us in interior wise and then in 2020 that would be the last game I don't know if fans really expected that at what point did you start to worry that the end was near uh you know it's crazy um I still haven't talked about this to this day but um I think that after the first show that surgery um, I just had, you know, just had mixed messages about um, what was next and, you know, saying how the career was going to go from there. I mean, yeah, I was fortunate to not have a injury from the years I've been playing since, you know, middle school and all that. So, you know, I was grateful for that. And, and it just came at the wrong time. I mean, year seven, um, 
not knowing what was next. I know I mean just trying to trying to revamp my my you know my, my, not say my career, but just trying to revamp myself and and just do better as far as being an older guy on the team um, and just showing the young guys the way. So as far as like just having that first surgery, it kind of you know kind of knocked myself down as far as like you know when when Derek Brown and all those guys came in and then that that following year as well, year eight. Um, came back and, you know, just had a little nicks and necks and, and trigger down from the ankle all the way up to, you know, to the right side of the shoulder. So, you know, that was that was more devastating for me because, I mean, never been through that type of, you know, injury in my career. And now I'm just trying to adjust to, you know, be a better, I guess, person to say, you know, things happen. I just got to fig- figure it out, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, KK, not to pry, it just sounds like it was really hard, and I can imagine why, right? Like, five games the last two years, as you mentioned, and were you starting to get somewhat of a downward feeling on your playing career because of the information you were getting from doctors that were evaluating you? Just It, it did seem to happen so abrupt, and, and did it happen kind of abrupt in your eyes? Uh, you know, it's crazy. I mean, Dr. Connor did my children. He was like, man, this it's slim to none that you would do the other shoulder. And, you know, that would gave me the confidence to go back out there and, and, you know, and try to, you know, be more, be dominant the next year. Um, I mean, at first it was a rotator cuff. So like, I didn't know how, I mean, like when I say literally have to sleep in a lazy boy for a couple months, have to sit up, um, I couldn't even sleep most of the days and just trying to, you know, just trying to, work myself and have the mindset and the accountability to, to get back out there and, and not think about this happening again. And, you know, it's six to eight month process, but more like a year. And I feel good. Mm-hmm. I feel great coming into the season. And like I said, it's just the little things that, that you start to worry about. Like, all right, my foot, then it's my ankle. Then it's, you know, the calf Achilles. Like it was literally like a domino effect just going up, up, up. And then next thing you know, it was my shoulder. And once, once I hit Matt Ryan in that last game, I, I knew what it was, exactly what it was. And I think I have the mindset right there quick to just say, like, all right, you know, we attack this, we, we have surgery, and we, we figure out what's next. And we just, you know, take it one day at a time. KK, looking over this defense, we talked about Israel Evero coming in, and he's known as a odd front guy but also can run multiple fronts. But when you look at his defense at its, at its core, this is a 3-4 defense that he will run primarily. And you were uh, a three technique on that Panthers defense and talking about Derrick Brown. If they do go to that 3-4, do you see Brown more as a nose guard in that defense or do you feel like he would be better suited as a five technique? Like what do you see for the future of a guy who played the same position as you switching from a 4-3 to a 3-4? It's interesting. I think Derek can do both. Um, I I think he's agile and he's, he's quick and he can, he can set the edge at a five and, you know, um, he can, he can play the zero. He can play the one, the shade. Uh, It's all up to him though. It's, it's, it's what he determines that he want to do. Um, just seeing a lot of the plays that he made last year and just how unbelievable, you know, quick and, and decisive he is. And, and as a three-tech, as a nose, as a one, that's what it's about, that first step and being decisive of, of your move. And as far as he can move, he can move outside, he can move inside. And, and it's just the fact that, that he's just got to believe it. 
And then talk about for people out there the differences between uh, those two fronts. And I believe for most of your career, you were a four three guy. I'm sure sometimes they might have gone to some odd fronts and you played in it. And you can tell us kind of a few of the major differences between the two and which one you like to play in the most. I'm definitely a four three guy. Let me put that out there right now. <laughs> um, I, 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 lo- I love the three. Don't get me wrong. I mean, the three is, is you know, what Coach Washington, the guy that coached for Carolina, used to tell us is the the three tech is the engine of the Rolls Royce. And with that being said, I mean, it's that 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 would get everything going. And for you to be able to play the three and be dominant and play however snaps you play is is what you know what determines a good defensive line. And as a one and a three, you just got to be disruptive, uh, create a new line of scrimmage. Which does that mean is getting knocked back? And as a three, as a as a three front, three four, man, it's it's literally sometimes you, you two gap and whether you play in the zero, um, you over the center, you got left a gap, right a gap, and as the DNs, they got really outside contained. And if it's a pass, you kind of you kind of can make your way as long as you keep the quarterback contained. And then as a four three, man, everybody got to work together. Um, that three really is the engine that drive it, but the DNs need to. You know, actually create a step up lane for the nose and the uh, and the three. So, I mean, they all go hand in hand. But I think three four is just you know you complement each other well, and uh, you just trusting the guys um, to do their job. See, basically, what he's saying is that the three technique gets the bag. All right. <laughs> That's basically what he just said. You I, get the I, bag at the three technique. I would say I'd play uh, three technique, but I'd get destroyed and I would not get the bag. That's exactly what would happen with me. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take that DN money, though. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I guess that is true. Yeah, you could take the DN money. It's Kwan Short joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. You know, Kwan, just a couple of the answers that you had earlier. It, it seemed like you really kind of wanted to embrace a mentorship role, and, and you talked about just kind of embracing the community as well. K1 Short Charities, by the way, hosting the second annual golf tournament Monday, April 24th at TPC Piper Glen. So you can check that out at K1ShortGolf.com. Uh, Just how important has that way of life been for you after your playing career has been done? Uh, it's always been something that I was passionate about, um, and I wasn't able to be hands-on when I was playing as far as you know, having things going on back in home in Indiana um, and some things here during the season. Now that that you know the time has come, I get to be hands on and I get to actually go show face and and actually tell these kids, man, it's everything. Anything is possible. Whatever you want to be, not just a you know an athlete, but encouraging those kids to understand that what you see on TV, you know, see us doing, not everybody's going to do. Um, you can be the next, you know, best doctor, the next scientist, as long as you believe it, as long as you trust yourself and trust the process. Uh, to keep going and and, and believing in yourself, it, it, anything can happen. So, you know, the, the charities and all that, like, it's, it's just a good way to um, not only give back, but to show these kids that that what they believe and they dream that they have, it, it can come true as long as you work for it. How's your golf game, K1? Is it all right? Yeah, uh, <laughs> we getting there. I'm better than I was last year. I'm better than I was last year. So... I, I, I take the the slow progress, then no progress. 
I think we'll all take that. Well, how about this? How about we go and we video everything and then we'll see what the swing is like. I'll tell you this. If you were playing against me, you talk about getting the bag. If we had any kind of money on it, you would win some money off of me because my progress, I've gotten worse. I get worse every year, it seems like. Listen, we just got a crash course in golf, charity. There we go. And a full buffet on NFL Trench Talk with KK Short. Man, we appreciate you stopping by, man. We'd love to have you on more. We will see you down the road, my man. No, definitely. I appreciate you guys having me on, man. My number's the same. Call me anytime. All right, man. You heard him. Call him anytime. We will take full advantage of that here. No, you no, cannot tell us don't tell stuff don't like that. All right? <laughs> don't, don't we are the wrong off. guys to say that. But listen, KK was great. He was phenomenal. He talked about a lot of, you know, what that's going to be like. And like you said, he told you that the three technique gets the bag. So I'm sure that Mr. Derek Brown, he will enjoy playing in that defense. He will do yeoman's work there, but he's definitely going to want to be in those advantageous spots to get that check up. Well, and, and maybe we can, you know, break down some of the other comments too, just about the current construct of Carolina. Yes. But, you know, anytime that we have these players on, K1 was a guy whose career ended pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. And it was always weird. You know, like it, that guy was a monster, a, a pass rushing specialist yeah. from the inside. And you were always going to deal with Aaron Donald, who is maybe the best defensive player. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe not ever, but is certainly going to be up there. Right. We just saw Chris Jones dominate. But Kwan was awesome during his heyday here with Carolina, multi-time pro bowler, I believe an all pro spot, if I'm not mistaken. No, pro bowl just in 2015, but still 11 sacks there. And it was interesting to hear him talk about the end of his career because it kind of not that we were speculating the correct way, but mm-hmm. it did seem like just too many nagging injuries were the downfall at the very end. Yeah. And it's always tough to hear some of these guys go through that, man. It is a brutal sport. And then Kwan talking about how the last time I hit Matt Ryan, I knew that was it, you know, like that's the last game he played and then he was done and you just don't expect it to be over after you're going out there and then you do hit Matt Ryan, right? Who's not exactly Cam Newton out there, but the injuries just started to mount up. And so it's just really interesting, in my opinion, to hear the end of his career like that. Yeah, man, playing in those trenches, taking on two guys, a lot of times two 300 pounders at that. It's always tough, man. But I'm going to tell you what's not tough. Going in for the Fitty Flash, our second one of the day. Take it away, Joshua. All right. Well, the first flash, we talked about a wide receiver being released. Now we're talking about a quarterback being released, and I think this is really – I want Walker's hard-hitting thoughts on this. A hard-hitting, don't want huh? mine. Here uh, we go. It's yours. Well, man. because I probably know how you feel about this guy. <laughs> the Falcons are going to release Marcus Mariota, a quarterback that they benched during last season, in favor of the rookie Desmond Ritter. Walker, you don't want Derek Carr here. Would you pay Marcus Mariota to come to Carolina? I mean, no, not really. <laughs> I can't give you hard hitting on Marcus Mariota. I mean, you went all in on Derek Carr. Go yes. all in on Marcus Mariota. There's a very the big difference. I can also understand that Shane He's Victorino. He's not a star. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just brought up Shane Victorino. Has Marcus Mariota earned the fly in Hawaii? He did it at Oregon. Is that right? I thought that. I think of Victorino. Do you not think of Shane Victorino when you hear flying Hawaiian? I want to think about uh, obscure Red Sox players from my past. Wow, or Philadelphia Phillies. I think that's really the one. But fair enough. Either way, no, I don't care about Marcus Mariota coming here to the Carolina Panthers. I do not have hard-hitting thoughts or takes compared to Derek Carr. A little bit different there. But in, in kind of interesting, though, in the fact that Atlanta is going all in on Desmond Ritter and possibly drafting a QB, like their future at that position is interesting. Yeah, that's what they should do. Marcus Mariota was awful last year. He's one of the more 
boring Heisman winners of my generation. Let's just keep it real. Let's okay. Get all the slander out. So, the yeah. Area. I mean, no, I'm just saying. I, I said he was one yet. of the more boring <laughs> Heisman winners. But listen, like I said, I'm not surprised. But somebody will pick him up because he's still going to be a serviceable backup uh, in the NFL and can spot you a couple of games if need be. But when we return on the Wesson Walker Show, Sonic the Hedgehog and this guest will have something in common by the end of the day. Love it. Who and what? When we come back, this is the Wesson Walker Show on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... I'm Will Pelagic. The intro makes me want to run through a brick wall, partly because public service announcement is a great instrumental, partly because I'm Will Palachik is some of the best words uttered on these airwaves. He's in the studio right now, Charlotte FC play-by-play announcer. And I put here on the segment, because I wasn't sure, I put may or may not have blue hair. I will tell you he does not have blue hair, but he does have the blue dye. And I think what we've decided on is that we are going to put out a video on social media and that we are going to dye his hair then because the audible medium maybe not lending itself to dyeing the hair on air. Like we, we tried to figure this out, but this is ultimately what we decided on, Willie. I think that's fair. And I think it uh, it allows an opportunity for the people to see it, to, to have a visual seeing of it done. And uh, I can tell you right now, I'm... Uh, I'm really scared. <laughs> You've got the bottles right here. And uh, it's we have two bottles of Punky Color hairspray and one bottle of L'Oreal Colorista <laughs> blue hairspray. So I'm ready for it, man. And what I love about Willie P is that you felt the need to buy three separate bottles, so we each well, had a bottle at our disposal. Of course. Well, I got I bought I bought two big bottles for the two of you, and I bought a little bottle for <laughs> anybody fitting. Wow. <laughs> Wow, that's cold. No, that that actually is a lot of skill. Knowing that you're about to get your hair dyed and still throwing insults and good ones at that. That is the Willie P that I want in the studio. And we have all three our own separate bottles. I'm excited to do it. And just real quickly, just to focus on this once more, we were battling for this, Willie. Mm. We, I was ready to fight. I brought out the gloves. I was ready to fight Will Kunkel on Queen City News. No, <laughs> Will. Okay. I was with Willie in the moment. On the sideline of Spectrum Center talking to P.J. Washington. It's all Sam Farber's fault, really. Uh, Yes, that's true. But when we were talking with P.J., 
he said that would be the thing that motivated them, and then they got the fifth straight victory. I'm going to be there at the end. I'm there at the beginning. I'm ready to be here at the end, and Will Kunkel tried to steal my thunder. And I will be, by the way, out at the Walmart on Yonts Road Thursday with the blue hair out there promoting our Hornets ticket stop and the fine folks at Dr. Pepper, Strawberries, and Cream giving away Hornets tickets, too. So you'll be able to take a picture with the blue-haired greatness. All right. I got I got to ask, too, just before. I, I want to get to the FC stuff, but, I mean, you're, about, you're about to have blue hair. Come on. How long is this thing going to last, Willie? I'd say, by, as I said, it's gone by the weekend. It's gone by the weekend. Has to be. I think that's fair. I, I, w- I would hope for a week. But well, I think the weekend is, is pretty fair. Here's here's the thing that I don't understand with a lot of these these keyboard warriors out here is say, Oh, you're you're not doing real die and you should man up and do real die. You you first, pal. You first. <laughs> me, me after you. Okay? So like I'm 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 being a good sport, as much of a good sport as I can be, but the the warriors out there are kind of harsh in my mellow a little bit. Well, we're not going to do that. We're, and, I'm ha- and, and honestly, it's I'm happy that they're playing well. Like, that's the other part of this is that, hey, they had to get to this point. I, I hate that LaMelo got injured. It sucks. But, like, who in their right mind would have thought that five teams would get cobbled together like the Keystone Cops and lose to this basketball team? <laughs> honestly. Anybody? Anybody out there? I don't um, think so. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I'm not going to dog you for going with the spray rather than the quote-unquote real die. It's Willie P joining us in the Planet Kia Studios, and we appreciate Willie P for doing so. Let's talk about Charlotte FC start to the season. Willie, what was it like? What was the emotion like in the building Saturday night during the uh, walks tribute to really get the season started? Well, I first want to salute the 69,345 we had there on Saturday because to be able to do that with the kind of questionable weather we had throughout the week, uh, I fully maintain that if we had the kind of weather we're having today and basically all last week, we might have gotten back to 75,000 again, maybe even threatened at the record again. But the folks that were there, big, big salute to you. You guys made it a very crazy atmosphere once again. And uh, the tribute from Anton Walks, I think, hit all the right notes. Uh, I just don't know whether or not that tribute negatively affected the team because it did come out a little bit tentative, and I think that permeated throughout the entirety of the match. The same club that we saw throughout the preseason, which was not afraid to enter dangerous areas, not afraid to cross the ball, not afraid to shoot, didn't show up on Saturday for whatever reason. I think that's incredibly concerning because it, it seemed to me that we were going to see a little bit of different nature, a little bit more nerve from players inside the box. Uh, the, the opportunities were few and far between, despite the fact that the amount of shots was relatively equal. And unfortunately, an untidy clearance from Carol Svidersky allows the lone goal of the game to go by the wayside. And, Charlotte FC, instead of picking up one point in the opening match, uh, has to settle for zero. Well, and, and you mentioned just the mood surrounding the team. How much did the players on the roster talk about that? The coaching staff? I mean, did they discuss just how it felt like a different mood rather than what everybody kind of expected them to come in, uh, them to come in with? I think they, they all kind of took that loss, especially personally, because they want to be able to reward the crowd. And, and even Christian Latanzio said, you know, I'm not trying to sound doom and gloom here, but... You definitely got the sense that this is one they really wanted to get, and not just for the fans, but for Anton specifically. And I think that's that's part of their drilling this week is that you know. And I was out training earlier today. Uh, the mood was light. The mood was was airy. So it's it's not as if they've carried that into this week. But I think uh, they'll be all business this week because I feel like getting over that hurdle, getting over that emotion of playing their first game without uh, their fallen star, I think is is something they needed to get through.
Willie P, we know Charlotte and Atlanta, they're rivals in a lot of sports. We talk about football, Panthers, Falcons, Hornets, Hawks. But is this a rivalry that can reach the levels of those, or are they already there? And is Atlanta going to be Charlotte's rival if they're not already? I think they are. I think the fact that those two teams split uh, the two games a year ago, and we'll see next week when they come up here just how much of a uh, – how much of a crowd they'll bring. They brought a, a lot of people the first time around when they came up here and uh, Charlotte FC got a 1-0 win on a Olympico by Jordi Alcivar. That was a real, real great moment and one of the seminal moments of the inaugural season. And I think it was also an arrival moment because Atlanta is looked at as kind of that one expansion club that kind of got it right right off the bat. Uh, they won a championship in their second season. So uh, they have become a lot for a lot of teams a model to follow. They've kind of fallen back a bit over the course of the last couple of seasons, but they seem uh, primed for a resurgence. They uh, had a come-from-behind victory uh, in their opening contest uh, with two goals and added time with Thiago Almada. But I think next week when we see that matchup uh, after Charlotte FC takes care of uh, their St. Louis matchup, I think it'll be very interesting to see uh, how much of that crowd comes up 85 and also in turn uh, how many Charlotte FC fans make the trip down to Atlanta as well because uh, that's going to be a rivalry. I think Nashville has kind of checked in and looked in on Charlotte also after they had the one matchup last year. They're now in the Eastern Conference, so we'll get a home-and-home home with them. So I, I think those two are the ones you look at, but there's other teams too as well. Red Bulls is one that uh, I think kind of comes up too as well because they've they played a bunch of games. I, I think a lot of times geography, we might be trying to force geography to happen a little bit, but I think it comes down with as more history gets laid down and which games become more intense. I think you'll you'll see those things more clearly defined. The national broadcast, they made a point of contrasting the disparity in the spending between both of these franchises. Kind of speak to that and how each of them have built their respective teams. Well, I've, I find, you know, I talked about this with Zoran Cornetto when we were standing on the field. He said, you know, we, we could have went out and spent a whole bunch of money right off the bat, and, and a lot of teams do do that, and, and, and they try to, you know, make things happen right away. But, but what they want to build is they want to build a sustainable product, and it's not like they don't want to spend money. They have spent money. They they went and got uh, a guy who they spent as much money on Carol Svidersky last year in and, and Enzo Capetti to, to try and fortify their front line. It, it's not as if they're satisfied with occupy, uh, occupying a certain space, they're wanting to build a product that's going to, su to sustain itself. And the the danger with going out and spending the kind of money that a lot of those other teams had spent is that you could spend that money, that player ends up playing out of their mind and is gone to Europe in a year. And so then what are you left with? And so what they wanted to do is they wanted to build a foundation of players like a Brant Bronico, you know, like an Andre Shinyashiki, guys who are going to be in this league and who are going to be effective in this league for a very, very long time and also supplement that with designated player-level talent like a Camille Yozviak who still is yet to produce at this level, but I think we had a, he had a good preseason. You know, a guy like a Kerwin Vargas who's a developmental prospect and other players of that ilk who I think once you get down to it, there's more than one way to skin a cat in this league, and, and they're they're trying to take the more methodical approach, but it's not for lack of resources. It's more for they want this thing to be able to last. All right, real quickly before we go to the next break, I wanted to ask you this because I heard you talking last week about how exciting this team is. Maybe compared to last year, it was more defensive-minded. Now mm -hmm. you might have a little bit of a shift in an offensive-minded team. Did Charlotte FC set out to do that, or was that just kind of how the cards played out? I think it was more based on the way that New England plays. I think New England 
really funnels everything to their edges with their two fullbacks, Dewan Jones and Brandon Bay. And unfortunately, Charlotte FC is stronger in the middle of the field with their midfielders, and they were denied really any opportunity to play the ball in the middle of the field. And so as a result, uh, Charlotte FC was relegated to having, you know, two fullbacks who did not necessarily have their best game offensively. Mora had a, had a better game offensively than Nathan Byrne did. He probably was almost a contender for the man of the match, if not the man of the match. But the two wingers, I should say, didn't have the best game servicing the ball. And as a result, you were left with chances that went unrequited, chances that didn't necessarily end up in goal-scoring opportunities. Charlotte FC is going to be best when they are able to get Ashley Westwood and Brant Bronico the ball in space so they can service Carol Svidersky and Enzo Capetti. And I think, uh, unfortunately, their midfield, they being New England, denied a lot of those opportunities. Do you have any American football takes in you for the next segment? Can you share some of those? I could. I okay. very well could. All right. So we have a QB game coming up, and I'm going to play pieces of analysis from guys like Todd McShay, Jim Nagy, Field Yates, and everyone is going to have to try to guess what quarterback said analyst is talking about. It's the QB prospect game coming up next on Wesson Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.